Ah, yeah. It's the DTC Podcast, people. The Real McCoy. Original recipe. First in your ear hole podcast on dynasty trading and player values. Hosted by Jean-Pierre L.E., Izzy Alcafas, and Akash Patel. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is the DTC Podcast, a show dedicated to dynasty fantasy football trades and player values. I feel like we kind of get away from that sometimes, but... Here we are back again with another show. I'm your host, John Paul Hurley. Joining me this week, Izzy Elkafoss, the Pharaoh Fantasy. Izzy, has your family left the building yet so we can finally start talking to you and without like the sound of dishes in the background? They've departed. You kicked them out. Good, so we won't hear like pots and pans banging in the background while you're talking. That's great. Correct. Sometimes I have this vision on my head that Ray, just your wife, just like, like, purposely bangs pots together like while making direct eye contact with you while recording just to kind of oh somebody came in uh yeah and then <laughs> she ever got her keys oh and then she, oh there goes the pants cool there it goes. There it goes. also joining also joining us akash patel what's going on akash it's been a, a little bit of a hiatus you've been on what's going on dude i was on vacation i had thanksgiving break where'd you go uh dominican republic Oh, nice. Were you scouting some football players down there? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, (laughs) they were only playing baseball, so I couldn't find anyone. Ah, Sammy Sosa. Cool. Yeah. Put him at wide receiver, see how he does. (laughs) Not as good as Nico Collins. Not as good. That I know. And that's a high bar. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of inside joke. We got a great show, though. We're going to talk about Watson and Watson. I'll leave that to your imagination. We've got the KFM. We got a little bit of a KFM segment happening. I might switch out some of the guys that we talked about pre-podcast just to make it more difficult because when I asked Akash about this, he says, oh, that's easy. I want to make it more difficult. I want to make it really hard for you to choose which one you want to marry, which man. Okay. Uh, a couple I injuries to cover. To marry. There you go. A couple injuries to cover. Kyle Pitts, Aaron Rodgers, Wondell Robinson. And then maybe if we get if we have time, we might get into some uh, day three running back debates. A couple teams that might be in the market for a running back. Uh, in next year's draft. So uh, a lot of good stuff, a lot of meat on the bone for this podcast. So we're probably going to jump right into it rather than hearing about how the Dominican Republic was from Akash. We're going to talk about some football. So here we go. I'm just going to go in order here. So Watson and Watson. Izzy, what's the more compelling story here? Christian Watson maintaining his uh, his uh, touchdown production or Deshaun Watson returning to football? What's the bigger story? Yeah. Uh yeah, it depends on how you want to look at it. Let's just start with the Watson that's actually playing. We can start with the Watson, uh, the Watson that has has played, because because that's something that actually we can. I, I think there's more there. We always knew that Deshaun Watson would would be back, and we knew what would come with that. But Christian Watson, his explosion over the past few games has been very impressive. Obviously, you have the unsustainable touchdown rate pretty much uh you're not gonna get what is it six touchdowns over the last three games it's i think great. it's seven is was it seven, seven? Uh, I, I think it, it might be three seven. then two then one so he's on okay, a down yeah. swing i don't know <laughs> it's looking like an, it's looking like a bad trend yeah it's six over the past three games and that's that's great um, and his touchdown this week was thrown to him by jordan love right i don't think that was even yeah, aaron Rodgers. it was I, it was i remember and this is a little bit of a tangent, but I was tweeting about shorting his stock on Mojo. I was like, I'm going to short Jordan Love, Lamau, and then 
two minutes later throws that touchdown and it was all Watson doing the work. I'm like, damn it. Damn it. Oh man. Jordan loves getting carried by Christian Watson. Imagine telling someone that before the season. No joke. I know, but hey, you know what? Watson, he's been playing well over the past few weeks. Um, His target share over the past few weeks is, I believe, 24.7%, so 25%. Uh, on the season, he's been good on a per-route basis, where he has a, a target rate of 29%, obviously going to come down. Uh, obviously, like it's skewed because at the beginning of the season he wasn't running a bunch of routes, and so when you have a low route percentage, your target rate's going to be higher. Three yards per route run is very impressive. Um, he's kind of like um, right now it's only a sample of 119 routes, and so it's kind of like I don't know if you're going to love this comparison, uh, but from a process perspective, it's like Kadarius Tony. Uh, without like some of the concerns about Tony that I know you had, where it's like uh, about him as a as a uh, yeah. like, off the field stuff, and so like but just from like too. like from from analyzing from an analytical perspective, it is a very similar case where you have a great set where you have like these really uh, high uh, these great highs for a rookie, um, low route percentage. Uh, partly because of injuries at the beginning of the season, but he's been running full routes over the past three games, and it's manifested itself into some great per route metrics and some really big spike weeks for a rookie, and so his price is obviously going way up to the point where he's, uh, I don't know exactly where he's on the calculator, but I imagine he's inside the top 25, maybe even 20 wide receivers now. Yeah, after this week, I'm not not 100% sure where he'll be. but I guess from a we'll get to his, his value in a second here, but the big question is is it sustainable, right? So the efficiency, I don't I personally don't think we've talked about this a little bit too. Right now we're kind of in a situation where Watson is this could go two different ways, right? This could go mm-hmm. The path of a Dante Pettis, it can go the path of a a Monra St. Brown, where or oh boy, oh boy, is that a or wide somewhere, range or somewhere, yeah, or so, yeah, he's either going to be out thing. of the league or a star, right? So that's that's the people think like, okay, he he's arrived, which isn't necessarily true because there's a wide range of outcomes here, even with what we have at our disposal, and we mm-hmm. talked about this a few weeks ago. It's do we trust it right now? He's being He's being utilized in a way that technically, even if they brought in an alpha wide receiver, he's still the way that he's utilized. It's kind of like old school Martavis, like the Chris Henry type, if you remember those guys. Where Mm -hmm. he's being used as a dynamic weapon, not necessarily a consistent target. And I don't think Green Bay has a future with Christian Watson as their as their one. Interesting. I just don't is think that, I, is that heavily inf- influenced by what you thought of him pre-draft. Um, because I understand. Yes, yes, I, I, I understand clinging to the priors because out of out of uh North Dakota State University, he was a very he was, was uh, regarded as a very raw prospect. Someone needed to develop. Obviously, we know about the tools, and we saw that on this play where he just outran like three guys on his touchdown. 
yesterday. It was like a it was a crossing route, and most guys would pick up a nice like chunk play, 10, 15 yards, but he turned on speed, safety took a horrible angle, and turned it into like a what was a 60, 70 yard touchdown. Very impressive. Um, oh, and Izzy, but, Izzy, really quick too. To be fair, too, like we, I know they they win in different ways, but we also felt the same way about Devonte Adams potentially being Green Bay's one after his rookie year as well. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, no, it's absolutely Devonte was a was a better prospect, I think, but that, it's very it's very reasonable to have. Do you uh, think so? Like, I, I thought they were pretty close. Yeah, pretty close they, to the same. Uh, just from an analytical perspective, Devonte Adams had phenomenal production in college, and plus he was an early early declare. Uh, similar thing about him. He was also uh, a smaller school player where it was uh, Fresno State is G5. Um, but his production was just phenomenal. It, it was a, very impressive as a prospect. I think like uh, I don't do the model that some other people who do analytics do, but um, like Drew Rosenchuk, DFB encounter had him as bulletproof. Dynasty IM had him as elite. Uh, he was above the threshold for pretty much every single year, I believe, in percentage of his team's receiving yards. He was just dominant. Uh, I can't say the same about Christian Watson, even though he was good uh, in his last couple seasons. And obviously, at a smaller school, uh, you you have some a little bit of concern sometimes. But no, I understand what you're what you're saying about Christian Watson. Like you're you're worried if he can be a, the number one wide receiver because it's definitely a wide range of outcomes. Uh, this far into his rookie year, like Chase Claypool had a solid rookie year. It wasn't anything amazing, but it was definitely something where you could project him to have a bigger role in year two. And it was pretty much a very similar rookie season to DK Metcalf uh, from a statistical perspective. But one of them took a leap and became an Apple wide receiver in year two. And one of them, did not and it floundered in, in a, almost a, a large role and his role was never that of a wide receiver one and i mean you gotta factor away. in quarterback play with that though you know well not really i mean in year two dk metcalf had a 24 percent target share year three was 27 in year two chase claypool uh went from i believe like a 18 19 percent target share and stayed at that like he didn't progress at all from his rookie year his, he just stayed in the the same role and didn't turn into a wide receiver one despite all the physical tools the way that DK Metcalf did. And so the quarterback play, yeah, it affects your performance, but it doesn't change your peripherals. And uh, and on a, a per play and per route basis, uh, it, it was definitely something where Claypool never never took that leap. And I understand your thoughts on Watson. So I, I will say this, and kind of my my idea of him not being the alpha, when I think of alpha, I don't think necessarily the – I don't want to say dominant or most effective, but I, for you to be an alpha, you need to be a 120 target receiver. And I don't see Christian Watson being that. And it's still too early, I would say, but as of right now, if you ask me right now, I'm going to say no. 120. That's a 20% target share on uh, 35 targets per game. That's, that's all right. I would say yeah, an out, but that would be a, one. That'd be a one. Them. Uh, I'd say, say a wide receiver one would be like a twenty-five percent target share. I, I, on yeah, the, but you're talking. I think twenty-five percent. Twenty-five is a mark that is uh, hit by last year. I believe twenty. It was a uh, sixteen players hit a twenty-five percent target share or higher. So that's about what's twenty percent. How many players hit that? Yeah, I would imagine. Um, 
I would imagine that. Yeah, it's definitely you have a couple teams like the Saints where you have no one hit that, but pretty much every team is going to have a player hit twenty. I um can look at I can look for it, but twenty is very close to the the floor for what a wide receiver one on a team gets. Sure, ten like ten percentile. Yeah, but that's okay because I'm thinking when I'm talking about the number one on offense. Yeah. 90 percent of teams have a have a player have a twenty percent target share. Correct. So saying. that's just one guy. Their best the, the alpha yeah. receiver at a minimum is getting twenty percent, 120 targets. So yeah. it doesn't mean that they're irreplaceable. It just means that for most teams, one of the players will hit a twenty percent or 120 targets, roughly. Yeah. And so okay. for Watson. So I view that as I don't I don't think Watson is that is that yeah, guy. I understand. So I think he's a, a a secondary or tertiary type of weapon, uh, unless he develops into something greater, which obviously could happen. But you mentioned the Claypools. I've mentioned the Mark mm-hmm. Davis Bryant of the world. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the pocket that he's in, and I don't think that he's a he's a true one yet. Still yet to be determined. But I, I just like a few weeks ago, I said we could probably wait because he's going to still get funneled targets mm-hmm. for now until something in that offense changes. But we also have to look forward. Like next year, we have potentially no Aaron Rodgers. Like it sounds like there will be no Aaron Rodgers next year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're turning the they're, they're turning it over to Jordan Love, and now we have Jordan Love, Christian Watson, and if they bring somebody else in, a young receiver. Does A. Watson remain the number one? And B, can Jordan Love support Christian Watson and how he wins down the field? That's yet to be determined. I think um this is gonna transition to the we can talk about Rogers a little bit, but Yeah. Uh if they do yeah, if he's gonna miss time and Jordan Love plays, I would imagine that's your look at Jordan Love. And I don't know. Do you think he starts next year? Or like, do you think he's given well, given the job automatically? I think they could bring someone in to compete with him. But. Yeah, sure. But if they do, if if they're bringing somebody in, they're not going to be able to draft one very high. I mean, I guess they no. could. I mean, wh- where are they some... right now? They're they got to be at eight, mm-hmm. eight or nine right now in the draft. Um, that's a good. But yeah, we can look question. that up while while we're talking. So let's say they're seven to ten in that range. They're ninth. They're ninth? Okay. So they're ninth. Like, what if you do, like, Will Levis or something? That'd yeah, that, that... I don't know. I don't think they go that route. I think the route they would go is bringing in a veteran. Because if you already have a raw guy like Jordan Love, you would bring in a veteran for him to compete with, I think. Sure, you bring in a veteran, but you're likely not bringing in a veteran that's good enough. If a quarterback is available, they're likely a journeyman or uh, a player that's trying to re-earn some respect type of thing yeah, at the but position. also jordan love's not good so we, yeah i would not that's yet i would to be not determined uh, too. well i i just think he's not good I don't okay know. um it's just uh he's never been good in the nfl and he was not a very good prospect well we don't we don't know yet it's too, it's too early to determine on on jordan love i've certainly gotten rookie quarterbacks wrong but uh man oh man has it been bad regardless of what we think it's too early to say that Jordan Love's not going to be a good enough quarterback. We don't know. So I, the odds are just like it's it's difficult to be a quarterback in the NFL. 
the odds are against him, especially what we've seen, but we mm-hmm. can't bury him just yet. So if, if Aaron Rodgers is set to miss an extended period of time, I don't hate the idea of moving off of Christian Watson now at what I deem is likely going to be a high point. And you don't necessarily need to get a first in return, like a mid first in return. I think but you should. I there's think nothing that's... wrong with trying to flip him for like a, like a Devonta Smith or a Traylon Burks, another young receiver that could boom. Um, I would even be comfortable doing a Christian Watson if you can get Pickens, depending on what Pickens does tonight. But Christian Watson plus a little something for Pickens, I would be comfortable doing as well. Um, I prefer Watson to Pickens in Dynasty. But I'm taking Pickens, but I'm, I understand on a per route basis, Pickens has been, oh boy, he's been not great. Obviously, he's a rookie. Yeah, so. I, I I get that. We can look at the the per route metrics, but that takes yeah. that removes a lot of context. That's the problem with the advanced metrics or metrics in general. Is context is completely removed from the equation. And all we're left with is saying that if everything was the exact same, here are the statistics. And unfortunately, that's not how the way this works. So I'm not going to really put a lot of emphasis on a rookie being starting the season out as a number three with Trubisky and a rookie Kenny Pickett. Like, I'm not going to... You, know, you talk about quarterback play when I talk about metrics. These They don't rely on quarterback play. Like, everything that happens where a player is earning targets does not uh, rely on quarterback play. Like, they get thrown to no matter who the quarterback is on a, in a general sense. Like, obviously, play-to-play, play, you, it, it you'll have differences. Because but over the course at... of a season, you'll have a player, you'll, have, you'll pretty much have the, a very similar output. And obviously, the metrics aren't going to be flawless, but I think when you talk about, when, about not looking at them because they remove context, you can add context if you want and then use them to guide you. But then I also think there's nothing wrong with just looking at them and taking them at face value and using that as your process, and you'll hit plenty of times. Obviously, you'll miss, and everyone misses. But when you're looking at metrics and using that to guide you in your decision-making, I don't think there's anything wrong with just going like, uh, in these in these areas that I consider valuable, this player has performed better, and so I like him more. Yeah, but I look at like Kenny Pickett versus... Um... Trubisky, and you look at Fryermuth's production and just kind of, and I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'm venture to guess that Fryermuth is seeing more targets with Kenny Pickett at the helm than Mitch Trubisky. Um, maybe I'm not sure. I you know, know he's seen so like, more since Claypool got traded, but yeah. that's a so, hell of a split. But yeah, but here's the thing: Pickens has not seen more since Claypool's been traded. No, yeah. So. It definitely, to me, it is quarterback related. Like Kenny Pickett is targeting Fryermuth more than George Pickens, even after Claypool has departed. So and that's a, that's been at the expense of uh, Deontay Johnson over the last couple of weeks. It, Deontay Johnson, same thing. Deontay Johnson's hasn't he's only gotten five targets the last two weeks. So yeah, exactly. And it's a two game sample, so definitely I'm taking it with a grain of salt. Like. You could easily see Deontay have 10 targets tonight, and then Claypool has, and then not Claypool, sorry, Pat Fryamu. You could see him have uh, like six. But. Yeah. But all I'm saying, though, Akash, is we can't say, I like this guy in Dynasty more than this guy, just based on the fact that we have a 10 game sample size of rookie seasons with a lot of variables that are changing. A lot of variables that have changed will be changing for sure and will continue to change for the next decade of their potential careers 
and we look yeah, at an absolutely. off season but where that's all we have to look at. Yeah, we also get an off season like Christian Watson coming into the season. He's twenty three already. Like he's a twenty. He'll be a twenty four year old sophomore, which you're getting a two year production basis. He's not with, that old, is he? I mean, yeah. it's not going to matter yeah. for his value really until multiple years down the line. Like the 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 yeah. way that that impacts value is if you're 25 versus 27 in your fourth or fifth year. And that's when people start to care a little bit. But even then, it's not that major. So when you're looking at Watson at 24, it's not going to impact his value that much. Yeah, um, no, I, you're, you're right on that. You're right on that 100%. Another point on Watson is that the value insulation for him rest of the season is, is great. So Rookie wide receivers. Yeah, I agree. but. Justin, just with your general point. That's why I'm saying the guys that you should be trading for with him are other rookie receivers or young receivers that also have solid insulation. I, my philosophy would be if I'm looking to move off of a player like this, I'm using them uh, in combination with other assets to get a difference maker at quarterback and tight end. That's what I, okay. I, would, I would be totally in favor of moving off Watson at cost uh, if I was able to parlay that. Uh, like a wide receiver two or wide receiver three, in if I can parlay him into a, like adding to a quarterback or adding to a tight end I already have to get a guy who's in the top five or top ten. Like if I if I can add uh Watson, Christian Watson to Trevor Lawrence and get like Lamar Jackson, I'm doing that all day. Hey you guys, I as it turns out, I just made a trade in my home league three days ago involving Christian Watson. I just moved off of him because I I all wanted right. to kind of move him all the way So. Let's this judge is him, Izzy. Let's judge him. I'm going to judge. <laughs> There's going to be no judgment. It's a good trade. Uh, this is a full teardown rebuild I draft. I had like, um, actually, let me just look here in the draft. I traded for a bunch of draft picks uh, this year. I had one, two, three, four first rounders, um, a second rounder, a bunch of third rounders. Anyway, um, I drafted Christian Watson at 203. This is a 10 man league and it's non super flex. So he obviously fell. Mm. Horrible league. Uh, yeah, horrible league. Um, I traded Christian Watson in my 2025 first round draft pick. So like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this league's going to be around that long, but uh, and I received Kyle Pitts and Jerry Judy. So kind of like what Akash was saying, I I might have considered doing that for Kyle Pitts. I should I should more than consider doing that for for Kyle Pitts. I, I hate trading my first when I'm rebuilding, but. Uh, it's 2025, so on, there it is. Man. Yeah, Come so on, man. it's a non-Titan premium, right? Jesus. not No premium. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm still taking pits every day of the week. That's yeah, that's crazy. pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I like that trade for you. You're, you're, I mean, you're selling, you're selling high, buying low. I'm good with that. Yep. Um, yeah, good trade overall. It's funny. We talk about this stuff, and Hurley, you and I have kind of done lookbacks on trades where at oh, the time so when trades happen, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe you did that. And then, within a year, it's the exact opposite uh-huh. of what people expected. So, mm-hmm. like a lot of trades with, for instance, there was a trade this year where in a in a league that I'm in, uh, where it was Najee Harris at the beginning of this, before the season started, Najee Harris for Pittman and Josh Jacobs. <laughs> and wow. at the surface it looked like okay you could have gotten more for Najee Harris you should have gotten more for Najee Harris and now you can't get either player not even close yeah. 
We're not juniors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, so it's just it's interesting how quickly things change. Uh, so yeah, that that deal looks really good to us now. In in two years from now, we can look back and be like, wow. I yeah, don't think it will, but will it definitely could. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, moving on to the next half of the Watson and Watson discussion. Deshaun Watson being reinstated in the NFL. I'm I'm uh, probably a lot more pessimistic than you guys. So I'm really interested to hear. Uh, I want you guys to reel me back in a little bit. I, I just don't have a lot of faith in a guy that hasn't played for so long that I haven't seen. And you guys are like, he's he's elite. He'll come back. He'll be fine. Yeah, he throw the football good. Um, but I'm interested to see. Yeah, I'm interested to see. Like right now, let me take a look at the calculator. By the way, if you were a subscriber on the calculator, one of the, my favorite parts of the website is our rankings page. Mm-hmm. The rankings aren't like a popular rankings. It's not like somebody controlling it. These rankings are fed by the calculator value. So these these players are all in order of calculator values. You can actually download the Excel. You can print. Um, you can modify the you know what months. You can see a trend line. Um, so this is kind of cool. So I'm going to take a look to see where Watson currently stands in the quarterback rankings and where you guys think that he might spike up to based mm-hmm. on a couple different outcomes so right now he's sitting at qb8 mm-hmm. and so let's say uh just to kind of start this discussion off let's say he comes in hot and he throws for 350 and three touchdowns in his first game back where do you put him do you put him ahead of kyler joe burrow jalen hurts like where does he fall then or what, where does he rise to well i i have him already higher than than qb8 personally Mm, so who do you have him over dude i hurley knows this yeah you hate kyler i don't oh, like yeah. kyler man like i man, i am you. not oh, no thank you. you dude i'm over kyler he run the ball good he throw the ball good that's all i need Deshaun watson throw the ball better i know so, <laughs> i like I, I uh yeah watson's a good football player i was about to say i like him i don't like him i as a person yeah hate him, but he is a good player um yeah, he definitely deserves to be in that tier. I would I'm not I don't hate you for putting Watson over him. I hate you for hating Kyler, obviously, because we love Kyler because he's great. But I don't hate you for putting Watson there. It's very reasonable. I don't know if Hurley likes it as much though. Yeah, Hurley brings up the risk of him not being good because he's been out of work for so long. Like, sure, mm-hmm. there's a genuine potential yeah. concern there. Um mm-hmm. But, but it'll be okay. has there ever been a case of that, by the way? Has there ever been like a high Vic. caliber quarterback that's missed an extended amount of time and come back firing or not firing? I I can't think of any. Michael Vick? Is, I don't know if it counts. Yeah, maybe. He, yeah, he just wins so differently than Deshaun Watson. It's like, that's Manning a really tough a one. Year? I don't know. How much did, yeah, Vic did miss over uh, more than two years, I think. That yeah, might be, uh, he did. That might be the best comparison, even though it's a different game. The only ones yeah. I can think of are guys who missed a year with injury, like Brady and, and Manning. But yeah, I mean, before Massage Gate, he was he was QB four, perennially top five. Yeah, like year in and year out. In his rookie season, he played seven games and was QB one in points per game. Yeah, and you already have him at like QB seven or six, is he? So that that seems to be. I don't know. I don't really know what's what the risk is. The only risk is that he's not as good after being out for a year and a half. But that's just like a long injury. Like I don't, and he hasn't been injured, so it's a yeah. long injury, and he actually hasn't been injured. So in fact, it's better than an injury. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. This is his job, and he gets paid literal hundreds of millions of dollars to do it. I just trust that he's going to do it well because he's been doing it well his entire career. So, outside of Allen, Mahomes, Lamar, Lamar, Hurts, Herbert. I, I mean, I, I pause because I can see a case, and, and I wouldn't say that the, this is something I would do. I could see a case where Deshaun Watson, this time next year, is QB3. Man, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, it's a run first. It's a run first team. There's a lot. No, there's, there's a, a run lot. first team because they don't have good quarterbacks. Well, they got great running backs. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll probably. St- I I don't know. I'm really curious with Deshaun well, Watson, but honestly, I I wouldn't flinch. I would try to get more if I had Kyler, just because of pure value, and I think you can. But oh, I don't know about that, honestly. I wouldn't flinch if somebody offered me Kyler, if Deshaun plus for Kyler, I would take it, uh, and mm. I would take it every single time. People may be thinking a little bit about the th- the concerns that Hurley has about his return if he's going to be less effective, but I, the time to do that was before the before the yeah, season. Yeah, you your, your discounts your discounts gone. Like the missing eleven games is significant. Like and now, yeah, yeah. but I'm saying Deshaun Watson is still below Kyler Murray, so I would want they're back to back, right? Yeah, but it's still yeah. there's still a little bit of a gap there. They're back to back in rankings, but there's still a little bit of a gap. Yeah, like a second, like an early, like an early mid second round pick difference. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. Oh, I I was looking at the wrong guy. Yeah, forty eight point five, forty three point six. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, about a mid to late yeah. second. So, I would take the mid to late second plus Deshaun Watson personally. Yeah, I don't hate that move. That's all right. Yeah, you know, Izzy, I'm not, I'm not opposed. I like Kyler a lot more than you do. But I'm not opposed to that because Kyler does lack that ceiling. I, I can't ever see Kyler spiking up into the top three. I, th- I think he's a great, safe mid. Well, I just don't think he has that ceiling. I don't think he has the Deshaun Watson ceiling. I think he would have already. He legitimately has a terrorist as his offensive play caller. <laughs> like, it's awful. He's a literal terrorist? Like, literally? A, like, actually, yeah. <laughs> what he does on a football field in terms of how he runs his offense should be considered war crimes. <laughs> oh, it's insanely bad. Uh, but Kyler has shown a good passing ceiling in his career. He's, he was a good. He was legitimately great as a passer in 2021. A down year in 2022, but you know, yeah, Kyler's he's great where he's at. He's like a seven, eight, nine guy. Like I'm fine with that. Like he was top three in PFF passing grade in 2021, and he yeah. was top. Eight. He was yeah. seventh, I believe, in expect in uh, EPA per play. Well, that might work then, because I'm actually in a point per PFF passing grade league. Listen, man, he throws the ball good. What else do you want me to say? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> he was, I think he was 10 last year, 9 or 10 in, in scoring. He's, he's 8 this year. Was he? He's, he's a, yeah, he started off hot last year, but then he cooled off quick. So he's, a, he's, a, solid, he's a solid quarterback. Like he's a solid player, right? Ab- above solid. He's a great player. but. I think Deshaun Watson is just a better quarterback. And last year was I think he's, I don't. I, I have him at ten. I just looked it up. I have him at ten in total points because he missed games. He was fifth in points per game. Fifth in points he, per game. He and missed right now. Games. What is what is he points per game this year? Uh, I can check real quick. In his worst passing season since his rookie season, I believe he is. Uh, he's probably he's probably fifth this year, right? Then what you just said is that something that you're. Right excited about like his worst passing season since his rookie year well it's just a thing where it's you expect a bounce back obviously especially when it's with his weapons healthy you know it's 
I'm very excited for the prospects of this offense. It's funny that when you're out on a guy, that'd be something you'd highlight as a case to buy him. But when you're in on a guy, that's something you'd highlight as herb to sell him. When you're in on a guy, that's something you would highlight as a case to to buy him. That's it's just kind of funny how you can perceive. If he if he was bad in his career, then you'd point to him not having a good season and be like, "Look, he's bad at this." But then you, this is clearly an outlier year. Yeah, nobody's saying he's bad. Yeah, we're just saying, you know, seven to ten or one to three. Yeah, I I I just I can never see him spiking up to the top three. It's a clear outlier year from Kyler in terms of his passing efficiency, and he'll definitely yeah. bounce back. It's um, a Call of Duty. It's a Call of Duty season. Ah, that's <laughs> hilarious. I never heard that one before. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, I get it because he he plays COD sometimes, right? Okay. Well, uh, that's that clever. Hey, that's clever. Hey, by the way, since the release of the beta, he hasn't cleared 200 yards. Two yeah, games. but he had a great. Didn't he? he, he didn't game, have right? a. He games. had a great. He had a great game this heard. week. Beta. He had a beta. It was it was a beta. It was like when the beta came out. No, I didn't. I don't play COD. Yeah. What did you say, Hurley? He had a great week this week just on the ground, but. Yeah. I'm just saying. I was joking. Since, since since the beta came out, he has yet to clear 200 passing yards. Mm. Okay, so here's the other, the flip side of it. So conversely, I asked what happens if Deshaun Watson comes out of the gates firing, uh, but what happens if he comes out and just looks kind of abysmal, like he looks, uh, he looks like Kyler Murray? No, I'm just kidding. Mm. <laughs> I was about to say you'd have the same argument that we're saying right now, where it's a clear outlier and he's going to bounce back. Because it's like, oh, that would be what Izzy would say. But what's the what's the what's the common ground? That's what I would say. That's what that's what the public would say. The public would say the public would buy into a guy who's been great for his entire career. I think that the public that's in on him would say that. But what what is like the the medium? A lot of people are in on him. He's a he's 11th in this calculator round now, despite not playing in two years. The the public is very in on him. He's eighth. I see him as eighth. But he's what's eighth. the medium though? Like if he he's comes eighth out amongst and looks the quarterbacks he's 11th amongst all players he's a first yeah. round oh, I got you. Pick right now his yep. people love him as a dynasty asset people love him let me ask you guys who who do you guys have ahead of deshaun watson that is currently behind deshaun watson the calculator maybe fields well i need Not to know definitively fields, no um fields to uh trevor dak would be the closest five guys Wait a second. Prize. Trey Lance. i have a question Not Trey Lance. what does that mean you just say you had Trevor Lawrence ahead of? I'm I'm giving you I'm feeding you all the five guys that are oh, below Deshaun Watson. See, so yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Give me Watson. So who is you're talking have, quarterbacks, right? Yeah, which quarterbacks would you rather had a have ahead of Deshaun that are not currently ahead of him? So to give context to people, Allen, Mahomes, Lamar, Herbert, Hertz, Burrow, Murray are ahead of him. Yeah, and then we have seems perfectly reasonable. Fields, Tua, Trevor, Dak behind him. Watson's in the perfect spot right now. I'll take Fields. I'll take Fields ahead of Watson personally. Um, and I can't. Tua's, Tua's probably like towing the line. And then Trevor, no. Dak, no. Everybody else, no. Okay. I would I would agree. With, I pretty much just agree with the calculator on this one. Not to sound like a bitch, but. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I'm right on market. All of my buying of Deshaun Watson happened before the uh, 11 game discount was gone. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just view the the Watson. I think Watson has is more likely to ascend past the guys ahead of him than Kyler does this year. 
in general. I mean, I don't know if we want to put a time frame on it. Maybe not this. Well, the reason I want to put a time frame on it is because I don't think that the buy window has closed on Deshaun Watson because I really believe that he's going to start out rusty. Rusty is oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to be wrath. I think that's a, a reasonable assumption. It's possible. It's possible. Uh, and I, th- I really think I can't. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm going to click on his player card to see what his trend line was. But, but. I don't think anybody's buying him now anyways. So if you no. want to buy Watson, then this your window may. Out. Well, the, the window may be open to Hurley's point. The window may open in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, there could be some pessimism. Maybe. I agree. Just in general, I'm a big fan of rostering. Like I, I like you're talking about like. Kyler, you're talking about Watson, et cetera, all these guys. I want to be above market on all of them. Yeah, I get that. What's next, Hurley? KFM. Um, so the ones I have in here, and I'm not going to switch it around because I think it, these all three of these quarterbacks kind of fit in the same pocket. So I'm going to start with Izzy because uh, Akashi said that you have an easy answer for this. So Izzy, KFM, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. I, have, I also think it's easy. So yeah, this is it's, very it's, easy. Yeah, you got to marry Trey. That's I'm, the best I'm, one, bang, right? I'm banging Mac. And yeah, I'm, I'm killing Zach. Dude, Zach killed himself. I'm <laughs> banging Mac and killing I didn't have to Zach. Do it. You heard it here. <laughs> I'm banging Mac, killing Zach. And Zach killed himself. Yeah. Is he for no, the yeah, Trey song? That's pretty easy. I don't know. I don't understand the question. It does seem very, very easy. Like, um, So maybe should I replace uh, Trey Lance with Aaron Rodgers? Oh. Because no. that's, that's yeah. what I was considering. Okay, that that changes things a little bit. I would, mm. I would at this point, I would, I would marry Mac. I would bang um, Rogers, and um, even though he, like I tweeted, he doesn't do injections, but he's gonna have to do this one. And then <laughs> uh, Zach would be my kill still. Yeah, it's pretty easy. I don't know. All right, last last variation. Come on, not really. And I'm only doing it. this. So I'm only doing this because it rhymes. For the content. KFM, Zach, Mac, and Dak. <laughs> <laughs> my my answer is Dak, Mac, and then Zach. Kill yes. Dak. No, I'm I'm marrying Dak. Marry Dak. I'm banging Mac and I'm killing <laughs> Zach. <laughs> I'm just glad you're saying it so I don't have to. <laughs> I might have Mo just cut out all the previous stuff because the Mac Dak Zach is probably the best KFM of all time. <laughs> What's next? It. What's next? What's next, he says. Up next, let's cover some injuries. We've got some significant injuries to Kyle Pitts, uh, Wandale Robinson. I even threw, I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but after we started recording, I threw Elijah Mitchell again. I think mm-hmm. at the end of Elijah, Elijah Mitchell's going to have to hyphenate his last name to Mitchell again because whenever he's brought up for injury, it's always like another one. Um, so maybe we can quickly cover off on that. So let's start things off with Kyle Pitts. Um, I don't think there's a ton to discuss here because it's just like his... Value was kind of pretty well baked and insulated as it was. And we're just kind of waiting for him to break out. Uh, um, again, Akash is going to dislike this, but the inconsistent quarterback play has just kind of kept him at bay. I didn't intend to rhyme that with that, hey? Wait, well, um, I hate that. That's true. Uh, but you just, it doesn't seem like you like the inconsistent quarterback play being brought up as how uh, high quality oh. of a prospect somebody is. He only likes context when it supports his point. <laughs> I love, I love Atlanta's quarterbacks to support my yeah. love of Kyle Pitts. It's well, go ahead. It's true. Like Mariota, uh, it's just been an awful offense to produce viable, uh, viable fantasy players. And so, yeah, no, I don't 
hate that at all. Let's complain about Marcus Mariota all you want. You're good. And then <laughs> there you go. But the thing about buying Kyle Pitts is that obviously he was a first round startup pick, and so you invested a lot into him. But you're buying him from teams that are probably not contending. So there's going to be some out there where the Pitts manager is somehow in the playoffs after using all of that capital on someone who's not scoring fantasy points. But in all reality, the majority of teams with Kyle Pitts are teams that are not in the playoff line. And so they're not, they don't have any real reason to sell. But if they do have a reason to sell, it's like, go give him Travis Kelsey or something. Add a second to Kelsey if you need to. And by the time the offseason hits, you're going to love that trade just because Pitts' stock is going to go back up when he's healthy. And people are be like, oh, is he going to score points this year? Same discussion happened last offseason. Then, yeah, his value is going to go back up. Obviously, we love buying injured players. I can't say the same for Wandale, like, just because no one, he's not going to, he wasn't making anyone's team, so him being hurt isn't going to break anyone's team. But if someone is contending and they have Wandale, then you can go sell them, like, I had this idea the other day and it didn't work out, but I think it's a very viable strategy. If you have like a like a Kareem Hunt or something, or maybe like a Jamal Williams, Jeff Wilson, etc., you know, go sell them because obviously they're depreciating old running backs. And so if you go sell them for one deal, it's great because he's going to gain value again as he gets healthy into next year. And boy, oh boy, am I sad that he got hurt because he's great. I love him. And then Rodgers, man, no. Like, come on, he's 38 with this injury. It's like, no, nah, I don't, don't, don't want to buy Aaron Rodgers. F that. He's, 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 he was, he's had a great career. But this season has been very bad from a fantasy perspective. I don't know what is, what's going to happen after this year. He's going to be on the Packers if he's going to be in the NFL. Um, I guess I should say he's maybe a buy just because people maybe talk themselves into him. Yeah, all the things that you just said make him a buy. Everything that you said is like a, a great case to buy somebody. I know. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking like all this uncertainty plus the injury plus the dip make it so it's like Aaron Rodgers is this discounted. Maybe you should look into buying him, but yeah, discount double check, right? I guess super discounted. Izzy, so uh, Akash weighed in on all of the injuries. Why don't you do the same? So uh, Kyle Pitts, Wandale Robinson, and Akash, you left out Elijah Mitchell, which is totally fine. I did lift out Elijah Mitchell again. I was looking at the first message. Elijah Mitchell again. Mitchell, he's a good rusher. He's a day three running back. Uh, About a year ago, he was picking the sixth round, so... He's just the he's the Fred he's the modern day Fred Taylor, right? Is he? I uh, I don't know I don't know like if they're gonna be like because like the thing about uh a player like that is like even if they're good it's like you use up your chances pretty quickly if you're just not on the field and so a team's not gonna be that especially San Francisco who does this like they're not they could move on from him or like not move on from him, but like move him into a smaller smaller role but he's a good player when he's healthy. They San Fran is probably kicking themselves for dumping Jeff Wilson when they did. Yeah. Uh, Elijah Mitchell now, I mean, people talk about no such thing as injury prone. And I I still don't get why people actually say that because there obviously is something called injury prone and it's Elijah Mitchell. Uh, so at this point... I'm just glad you, that Will Fuller's not in the league for you to make that joke about him anymore. Who? Will Fuller. Oh, Will Fuller. Yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, there's people that are steadfast that there's no such thing, which is ridiculous to me. But that's me. Elijah Mitchell. I don't want to argue though because oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even going to do it. It's the honestly, it's the most ridiculous statement to say that there's no such thing as players being injury prone. There are players right. that are. There you are players the that bear. get hurt. Hold on. There are players that get hurt that may not be injury prone, but there are players that are undoubtedly injury prone. You cannot deny it. Labeling somebody injury prone may be an incorrect label, mm. but labling another guy injury prone could be an absolutely correct label. I've and Elijah Mitchell being injury prone is 100% true. He clearly has a proneness knee to knee injuries. That's a different now, thing, though, than injury prone, because the way people use injury prone is like if someone hurts their shoulder and then their foot, they'll, then they'll call like someone injury prone. But like with like Dalvin Cook's like shoulder or... Deshaun Jackson hamstrings or Elijah Mitchell knee, that's repeated injuries. And so yeah, and Tony that, There's a case for that. Yeah. There is a thing where a player can be, quote-unquote, like injury-prone uh, because of like the, the way that they train and stuff like that. And that can change like um, if a player change, changes the way they train, for example. like They can uh, be less susceptible to injuries. Uh, obviously, it's not my field, but I've heard. Yeah. Uh, like physical therapist on Twitter. Would you say it. that Todd Gurley was prone to injuries? Um, no, his knee just sucked, so it kept getting hurt. So yeah, but did, like his knee sucking that made prone. him. Yeah, know, his knee was injury prone. <laughs> him in general, like if he hurt his shoulder one year, I'm not gonna say it's because he's injury prone. But if he, his <laughs> knee got hurt in college and then his knee was bugging for the rest of his career, yeah, obviously his knee issues. He his knee may be injury prone, but he's not. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a fine way to look at it, right? I don't know why you guys are laughing. I, I think it's funny. I just think it's funny. It is a little funny. It's a little funny. That's it's like I'm not hungry, but my stomach is. Okay. No, you're hungry. But yeah. Anyways, next okay. guy, Kyle Pitts. I still. Semantics. I mean, I think now out of all the times that you had for Kyle Pitts, now is the time to buy. Hey, there we go. Is he's on board? You. Ha- I yes. think at this point. If you're a rebuilding team, I'm not saying you should ship the farm, but you should definitely ship your pants. Inquire, inquire, and oh, yeah. see if you no can pants. get a reasonable off. deal. And if you have a a George Kittle on your team, um, a TJ Hawkinson, no one's taking that, dude. No one's. They taking will. That. No they one's will. taking that. Why I'm not saying. I'm not saying straight up. You take okay. those guys and you, you add someone? to them. Okay. Yes. It sounded like you were going to say flip them. No, no, no. You take a, Will Fuller, a Kittle, yeah. a, a yes. TJ Hawkinson, a Will Fuller, oh, and an Elijah <laughs> Mitchell. <laughs> if I have Pitts acquire... and you offer me Kittle and Will Fuller, I'm taking that in an instant, obviously. But yeah, th- those, guys, those two guys specifically, I would be trying to package to acquire a Kyle Pitts. Because if, you cont- if you're a rebuilder, you don't have a Travis Kelsey. He, single-handedly, Travis Kelsey is making you a contender, so that's out of the question. Uh, Mark Andrews, I'd, at this point, I'd rather have Mark Andrews, so I probably wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could make, and you're probably in the playoffs if you have Mark. Yeah, no, you're probably not. Not, not necessarily guaranteed. If, you're, if your team, I, I had a team with Travis Kelsey that was like the fifth seed. Like, uh, like some really bad, bad luck. Like, you have, like I had like Russell Wilson, Darren Waller, Deontay Johnson, et cetera. Just all around the board, the team around Kelsey was uh not doing so well and kelsey was definitely carrying me and so i look at the team and i look at some other guys in my league the guys who are actually getting the first round buys and i'm like 
I might as well trade Travis Kelsey. I did a different package. I traded him and Keenan for um, Amon Ross St. Brown. But, like, in that league, even though I was technically a contender, I would have definitely been very uh, interested in trading Kelsey straight up for Pitts. I would have loved to do that. Yeah. If you're if you're the fifth seed and you have Travis Kelsey, you're not a contender. Yeah, because with that, with him being such a difference maker, you should and the team around him must suck for you to be him be Correct. at that point. So, I, I I agree with you. And before Goddard went down, and I and I was I was in that situation where I was the fifth seed and I had Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. and I traded Travis Kelsey and. A th- uh, it was nothing. Basically, Travis Kelsey for Goddard and an early mid mid second or early second, and that for okay. me was just just trying to reset the the tight end clock and pick up a draft pick. Um, I yeah. took over an orphan, and I'm just trying to kind of rebuild it. And Travis Kelsey is doing me no good, besides ruining my draft pick. So I this with trading. It's funny because trading Kelsey actually not only gets you like potentially like a Goddard and a pick, but also improves your own pick. Yeah, so, definitely. Sooner rather than bit, later. Just enough. In that league, is that's my only league where I don't have my own 23 first, and it oh, hurts yeah. so much. But yeah. yes, in general, hopefully, you don't trade away your future first. And uh, that's, definitely, that's definitely something to consider. Anytime you trade away veterans for no, like, no production if someone's hurt or less production if someone's obviously not a contending piece, then, you have, then yes, it definitely it helps your own draft position. Yeah. Like even by a little bit, like moving from like a a seventy percent chance to get Bijan Robinson to an eighty percent chance is plus EV. Even if you could still, even if it's like one hundred one to one hundred one, then it's yeah. still a great trade. Can I yeah. dig in a little bit more with Aaron? We kind of glazed over Aaron Rodgers a little bit, which is fine. But yeah. more than just the injury, the situation is astounding. Wouldn't it be glossed over? Not glazed <laughs> over. Glazed over. Glossed over. Yeah, I glazed over like a donut. Here, let me look. No, it's glossed over. I will su- I will succeed. I will succeed. It's it's okay. not. <laughs> Wait, let me look up succeed. Okay. Um, we kind of glossed over Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Uh, and it's the injury is well covered, but I want to talk a little bit more about the situation. Do you guys here's a here's a question. Here's the burning question of the podcast. And maybe it's something that's been asked many times before. Do you guys think the Green Bay Packers, do you think they were either ignorant about their cap situation or do you think they knowingly chose to keep aaron jones ahead of Devonte adams going into like a rebuild type of situation because it's like that seems to be a massive mistake right when yeah, aaron totally. jones needed to be signed they knew that it was going to cost them Devonte adams they had to have did they i don't know yeah i maybe. mean unless they thought maybe he'd take a discount or something i don't know either way the whole thing great. has been poorly poorly managed I never, I never considered that before. You can't not was, draft. Aaron, mm. you don't draft. You, so, you, but you were telling me exactly, is you don't yes. draft a first round receiver for Aaron Rodgers, and then you take away his best weapon for, Aaron, and then say, okay, yeah, we're still competing. Yeah, I mean, in that draft, they literally drafted a quarterback, a running back, and a tight end. The tight end is just funny because he hasn't played, but the main things are quarterback and running back, and then you. Like you draft Jordan Love over guys like Pittman and Higgins, uh, and then you draft the running back, and the the plan is okay. Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones are free agents, and so yeah, you draft a running back, I guess, to have him succeed those guys. He doesn't play a lot as a rookie just because those other two guys are there. But then it's like okay, free agency time. Aaron Jones is about to sign 
with Miami or something, and then they just swoop in and re-sign him. It's like, well, then why the hell did you draft AJ Dillon? Then you idiots. I don't know. Yeah, I don't get it. It's a but I will say, I mean, office. I'm gonna segue to this. I'm gonna segue this just for the sake of time. Mm. Uh, okay. uh, so have we have we gloss? Are we still glossing over Aaron Rodgers? I was gonna laugh yeah. at the Titans. Yeah, for a maybe bit, maybe but our, we can we can do that. Maybe we're glazed over on that topic now, so we can yeah. move on. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Dynasty is right now Dynasty quarterback 18. Uh, and we haven't even updated this week. He's behind at this point. He's behind Pickett, Carr, Dan- just behind Carr and Daniel Jones, pretty much neck and neck with them, just ahead of Jared Goff and Mac Jones. And I think that may change after this week. I'm not 100 percent sure. But where do you guys have him in that mix? I mean, do you have him ahead of Pickett, Carr, or Jones? No. Hurley? No. And and again, I think we're clearly identifying the fact that he's a buy. But do you have him ahead of any of those guys? No. Okay. I would rather have Mac. Mm, Did you say Goff? Well, Goff is behind him. So Goff and Mac are behind him. Would you rather have Rodgers ahead of Goff or Mac? That's tough. I'd rather have Mac. I guess. I'd rather have. Rather have Mac. Tough. I guess. Would you rather the have? The thing Goff? about Max, he's not going to retire and go drink ayahuasca in the woods after this <laughs> year. About... I know that for a fact, and I can't say the same about Rogers. What about Goff? I'll give me Rogers over Goff, honestly. Yeah. What about okay. Geno Smith? Geno, easily. I, on, I mean, that's that's a, that's a, that's hilarious that that's a. A topic, you know, like nobody would have know, foreseen that. No, yeah, Gino's been great. Uh, Did he just miss his so first low. game in like eight games without? Or I think he was he was tied for the lead. At, like I saw the stat on on uh, the screen during the football game, but he's he's got the most games with two touchdowns or more this season. Yeah, yeah but he's been playing well, but I just can't. I'm not. I can't do it. I can't do it. No, what if he gets signed um, to a long term contract? You still don't believe? If he gets signed to a long-term contract, he will get signed. A big Seattle saying big that he's it earned is, it. Yeah, depending on how big the contract is, if it's if it's player mil, friendly or team friendly, if if it's player friendly versus team friendly, that okay, a hundred mil, five years, all guaranteed. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. Okay. Hundred hundred mil, five years, all guaranteed. I'm good. That is yeah, not I'm very in. high per year, but that but is it's a not. Yeah, but it's, if it's, it's all it's guaranteed, he, it's good yeah. enough. Yeah. 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 Um, I agree. I agree. So five years is great. Quick, quick say because we're running out of time here. But I did want to, I kind of wanted to do a blanket statement for day three running backs. Yeah, um, I love it. Ramon, it. Okay, we'll Wait, finish off the show with this. I like this. Yes. Yep. Okay. My concern for any of the day three running backs, can, Hurley, can you list the ones that we wanted to discuss? Yeah, the ones that we wanted to discuss. Well, just there was just two of them. It was. I had a third. Uh, you had a third also. You say you're two, uh, and I'll say mine. Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Pierce. Isaiah Pacheco. Yes. Okay. Isaiah so, Pacheco. We have... I'm just going to run uh, rattle off these names. Saquon, Kareem Hunt, Jamal Williams, Josh Jacobs. Oh, man. You're looking at the same thing I was going to do. Yeah, yeah Raheem. We got, we got Samaje Pirine. We have Miles Sanders. We have freaking... Yeah, Pollard, Pollard we have Jeff Wilson, we have Darrell Henderson, we got David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, yep, Damian Harris, Alexander Madison, James, uh, I guess James Robinson's uh, restricted, but either way. You know, he's also bad. That's, I think that's 14. And that's you also, you also have Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, 
uh, Zach Evans. You have five, five potentially, five potential come in and and be part of a heading or being a big part of a committee. Five. So you're looking at roughly half of the league potentially turning over or being available mm-hmm. for jobs. And at this point, if you are not contending, you should not be holding not just a day three running back. I wouldn't be holding any running back that's not firmly entrenched as the guy. I'm just a big fan. Yeah, like the the dead zone dynasty running backs. I'm just a big fan of not rostering them. So, yes, I agree. I agree. Welcome to dead zone dynasty. I like that. It has a ring to it. The only risk, the only, yeah, the only risk is that that dead zone running back was Josh Jacobs, and now he's no longer, <laughs> right? Yeah. But that's rare. And oh, Josh yeah, Jacobs is, is right, a, I right. wonder what's going to happen with him next year. Like, you still can't get, Josh Jacobs is, if you believe in Josh Jacobs long-term, he's still a buy. He is so, yeah, in, like, so cheap relative to his production and his youth and what could be. Like, there is value to be had there, value growth. Um, but if you look at the list outside of JT, Saquon, wherever he signs, if he resigns, Kenneth Walker, Christian McCaffrey, Brees Hall. Mm, imagine Saquon in a better offense. Oh, I, <laughs> I look at a guy like DeAndre Swift is he'll probably never be Javonta Williams. Is another one that worries me. Both these guys like DeAndre Swift's had significant injuries, a lot of injuries, maybe not significant, but several injuries. Javonta Williams coming off of a, a, a torn ACL. He'll probably mm-hmm. get company. I think Swift, if Jamal Williams goes, I think Swift gets some reasonable company. And then you got the Damian Pierces, the Stevensons, Kamara, Cook, Najee. All those guys will have, I'm guessing, some sort of – there's going to be a running back carousel, and those guys are just going to replace each other, basically. And we're going to be in the same – situation where we're splitting backfields and pulling our hair out zero rb it, it'll save your life yeah yeah if a, if a running back's not elite or is 26 plus they're automatically a sell yeah khalil herbert is probably the, like a running back that is a guy that you should target just based on the fact that yeah he's right he's now like a... considered the backup but he could in some weird way if they if the bears just draft the running back and maybe he's not good or if they go after an alexander madison he may be the head of a head of a committee or the yeah, guy he's like Who knows? uh windy city pollard yeah we talked about windy city pollard that was my yeah so yeah it's kind of my take on it mm-hmm. yeah definitely there you go akash anything to add before we wrap up no yeah you pretty much hit the bases where just in general uh don't hold on to the James Robinson, Philip Lindsay, Miles Gaskin, et cetera, et cetera, J.H.I., uh, Trey Mason, all of it littered through history. I mean, don't hold on to those bags. And the fact that there are so many good free agent running backs and a good running back draft class just should only strengthen that fact that you should sell those guys. There you go. And keep listening to our podcast as the weeks go on here. We're getting awfully close to this kind of becoming the main topic. In the next few weeks, you're going to see a transition. Um, as the uh, the playoffs ensue. Uh, but you guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us this week. Make sure you check us out on Twitter, at FFDynastyTrades is the main handle. You can f- uh, find Akash at YZR underscore fantasy, Izzy at DTC underscore Izzy E, the producer, Jonathan Moser at DTC underscore John Moser. You can find me at FF Hercules. 
Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.